Hi everybody, welcome to the Women's Dating and Confidence Podcast. My name is Amber and today is a very special episode because we have a listener of the podcast who came on the show and shared with us her very personal but universal dating challenge which involves overthinking, dating anxiety, and doubting yourself when you really like somebody. So I'm really grateful that she shared so openly because I know as you're listening to it, you're just going to be listening to your own thoughts because we've all been there. Also, at the end of our call, she asked me, what is the best dating advice you ever received? So if you want to know what the best dating advice that I ever received was, stick around to the end. So if you are also interested in coming on the podcast and having an hour coaching session with me and allowing me to record it so other people can benefit from it, reach out to me on Instagram. My name on Instagram is Amber Grubenman, and I'm also going to write that in the show notes. And in the show notes, you'll be able to find my free guide, copy and paste texts for when he's pulling away or acting flaky. So we are talking about overthinking things in this episode, but there's no need for those situations at least, because I already wrote the answers and they're in a PDF for you. <laughs> and also one more thing, thank you for listening because I officially hit over a thousand weekly listeners on this podcast, which was a huge goal for me. So I'm really grateful that you're all tuning in and I'm happy that you're here and thank you. All right, let's get into it. I think there's always been a bit of a dynamic of me always wondering what he wants, what's he, what he's thinking, if I'm enough, am I doing enough? Am I doing too much? Um, and especially after I said that, I think that kind of went haywire of just always wondering what he wants and trying to be what he wants. And I think that's not, I know that's not healthy. If I heard my friend doing that, I would tell Mm -hmm. her that, um, you know, she needs to have more self-respect or, you know, self-love or something along those lines. So it's a, a dynamic that I do worry about. And, um, a couple of things, I wonder if I do it unnecessarily. Like, I wonder if he would still, if he even knows that I do that in the first place, or if he would want me to be doing that. Um, and if it's something that I can stop doing and in, in order to enjoy the relationship a little bit more. Yeah. So when you do you notice that obsessive thinking? What is the action you take? Uh, it's usually I get really stressed um, and overthink. I think it's all internal. I don't know that I necessarily have an action externally associated with it, but I'll notice that throughout the day we keep up a, a texting conversation and I will just overthink and overthink and overthink the message that I'm sending him. And it's probably no big deal but it feels like in the moment, the only control that I have. Mm -hmm. Um, And before we go on dates, I'll be really concerned about, Oh, you know, like, do I look nice? Will I have anything interesting to say on our date? Um, And just, I think it's a lot of like internal control and trying to control myself and trying to be like the perfect person in a way. And as I'm saying this, I know how silly it is. And Um, yet, we all do it. (laughs) (laughs) It happens to all of us. Um, yeah. Yeah. So two things. The first thing to know is that you can't solve this problem in a general way. 
So like obsessive thinking, dating, anxiety, these are really broad terms and kind of an umbrella over all of it. And so when you try to like tackle it in that way, you're not very effective because, um, like you can't really get to what the actual root of it is. Mm. So the first thing is to get really specific and to deal with it in a moment to moment basis when it comes up. Okay. So instead of trying to solve this huge problem of your overthinking all the time, the next time it comes up, um, and now this is the second thing, the only way to really work with this that I found is to slow down enough to find the exact thoughts that you're thinking and to deal with those thoughts. Okay. And so you can do that. Like that's why it really helps to talk to friends sometimes because it forces you to slow down your thoughts enough to like verbally speak them out. But the most effective way is to write it down. Okay. So write down everything that you're thinking, get it out on paper. And that's the only way to slow it down enough for you to actually be able to do something with those thoughts. Okay. And then, um, one thing that I would do is I really like, and first of all, I'd recommend this book. It's called feeling good by Dr. David Burns. Okay. And he teaches a double column technique. And so Mm -hmm. on a piece of paper, you write down a line on the piece of paper. Okay. And on the left side of the paper, you write down the automatic negative thought. It's the obsessive thought that you can't control. It just comes up. The the fear that you have, the anxiety that you have. So maybe it's, I shouldn't have sent that text. It's all right. falling apart. Right. Um, yeah. And then on the other side, you respond to that thought the same way that you would respond to a friend who told you that. Or just from that place within you that is more centered, compassionate, curious, and patient. Okay. And right now, it may not seem like a lot will come up. But when you actually do the exercise, you'll be so amazed with, like, what's within you already. Mm. Okay. So, for example, with that, that example of... I shouldn't have sent that text. Everything's falling apart. A more rational response could be, um, interaction that you have. Um, he probably doesn't overthink it. You can't, I'm, I'm trying to think of what the rational, like centered response is to that. Do you know what yeah, I mean? Yeah. So there is the rational and that's part of what you might say, but there's also the compassionate and curious and loving part of you mm-hmm. and like the part of you that's trusting. Okay. Trusting of myself. So trusting just- of yourself or, um, just have that inner knowing that this is not the end all be all. Mm-hmm. Okay. So maybe an approach, like even if that wasn't I don't know. Even if that text did bring up some problems with you all, that's okay because you are still um, a whole person that has a whole life going on outside of this relationship. And we all make mistakes and you can forgive yourself if this was a mistake. Exactly. So this is really a practice of getting back on your own side. Okay. Because usually you're like your worst enemy. 
Yeah. You're like, yeah, that was the worst text ever. How could you send that? Yeah. (laughs) And so this is a practice of getting back on your own team and having your own back. Okay. And um, just off the top of my head, some other things that I would say for that specific situation is it really shouldn't be that fragile. Okay. Like one text text. to take the whole relationship down. (laughs) That's pretty intense. Right. And And if that's really what it is, like if it's because you texted back too soon or you (laughs) like sent a smiley and that was too much, like that's not the right relationship. Right. But I think that might be something that I tell myself and it's not necessarily true. Do you know what I mean? What do you tell yourself? I'll tell myself something like, um, oh, that text was too enthusiastic or I said too much in that text. He must think that I'm really into him and I'm clingy, um, or that he has the power in this relationship. Um, okay. So here's what I would say to that. Okay. You're in a relationship. Yeah. Like seven months into a relationship and you're not supposed to be enthusiastic about the person. (laughs) Yeah. You're not supposed to share openly and like give. Right. That's not clingy. That's giving. Right. That's a good point. Yeah. Flipping it as to saying I'm being open with him and I'm being communicative. Yeah. I'm overwhelmed. Like seven months in, you don't still want to be playing the game of I don't really like you. Right. (laughs) (laughs) Which to be fair, I think that he has maybe let up on that a bit more recently, but I think he's played that game long enough that that creates a lot of that anxiety. Um, Mm -hmm. He played the game of, you know, trying to act like he wasn't very into it, um, trying to act like he was detached. And if I could do some psychoanalysis of him, I'd say, I think he has his own insecurity, um, like problems that contributes to that dynamic. Um, So an example of that is, He's always, he has shown me multiple times that he's too afraid to straightforwardly ask me to go as his date to something. Mm. Uh, So before we were in a relationship, he asked me to go to a work party with him in the most indirect way possible. Um, He alluded to the fact that this event was happening and like roundabout asked if I had a dress that I could wear to this um, party. Mm. Basically, it it seemed to be a game of like protecting himself or something. And I think he has kind of kept that up and maybe let go of it a lot more recently. But but maybe that seeing him play that game also makes me feel like I can't be too vulnerable because he's not being very vulnerable. And it's this game of like, I mean, a a spiral I don't want to get into, but, Mm -hmm. you know, of protecting ourselves. Yeah, so. On one hand, the fact that he opened up to you and was honest about that, that's actually a good sign of vulnerability. Like, hey, sometimes I feel afraid and unsure about us, and it feels vulnerable for me to ask you to go as my date. Mm. So we actually want to have, like, a positive response to that kind of openness. Right. Right. Um, However, in the moment when you notice those games are being played, like um, somebody's like acting less interested in you or like, you know, it's like, you know, we're dating and 
each other exclusively and seeing each other all the time, like it's okay for us to like admit that we like each other. Um, Basically don't reward that. And so most women consciously or unconsciously, subconsciously Uh will reward that game playing behavior by allowing it to turn them on more (laughs) and like be even more excited by the guy who doesn't like them. Yeah. Um, and so to be less excited by somebody who doesn't like you is like kind of the way to go about that. Like, okay, if you're like not interested in talking to me, that's not going to make me even more enthusiastic about hanging out with you and spending time with you. Right. Right. It might be a little bit of coaching myself on, on, on that part, if that makes sense, because I do think my initial reaction is, oh, you're not giving me attention. Like, now what? I want it more. <laughs> yeah, exactly. Which is yeah. frustrating. Mm-hmm. <laughs> yeah. And so even just changing that thought pattern, like I want somebody who's excited about me. Right. And yeah. you can even say that like when he does show excitement, when he does go out of his way, when he does do cute things that are um, romantic or sweet or says kind things really, really, really reward it. Okay. Verbally? (laughs) Like say like, yeah, verbally, like, wow. Like the fact that you picked me up after work, that was so sweet. It just made me know that you were thinking of me and like, I feel all warm and fuzzy now. (laughs) Yeah. Yeah. I think that's a great idea. (laughs) Yeah. Um, yeah. And that's the other thing we do is like, we do the opposite. He does cute things and we're like, ugh, I'm over it. (laughs) <laughs> and then of course that would disincentivize it. Yeah. <laughs> it makes sense. Yeah. I do think there is a bit of a dynamic of both of us playing it cool a bit, which is like, like you were saying, it's been seven months. We're only dating each other. Like that's kind of ridiculous, but yeah, what we've talked about has really gotten at kind of the core of what I'm feeling is that, especially when you were talking about those negative thoughts and writing them down and then writing down what you tell your friend. Um, I think that's definitely a pattern that I have. Like we talked about, um, that constant self doubt and kind of telling myself like, I need to work harder or I need to be better or I need to be prettier or smarter or something in order to be enough for him. And I realized that I have these thoughts over and over and they're problematic. Um, I wonder two things. One are, I think it's kind of worrying that I have those thoughts a lot. I don't know if you'd agree, but it, it makes me wonder if, um, if I create a lot of problems for myself in this relationship and in maybe other relationships too, but, but maybe where a lot of these fears and insecurities are coming from are because I'm dealing with something internally and less about the person that I'm with. Mm-hmm. You, do you know what I mean? Yeah. So, um, yes, you're dealing with something internally. Um, I like to believe that we're matched up with the perfect people to trigger us. (laughs) So (laughs) it's like a perfect experience that you're having that it's bringing up all of that stuff and it's bringing it to the surface. And then it's just so important to have the tools to be able to work with it and deal with it. Okay. Um, and secondly, one thing with the whole, I'm not enough and this is wrong with me and that's wrong with me and I need to be more or less. 
one thing that Brooke Castillo said, which you should definitely check out her podcast as well. And she said it in her coaching program that I was a part of. She said, the brain just does that. Okay. And sometimes we get really caught up in it and we think it's very personal and we're alone in that and it means something and we need to work on something. And I really like that reframe. Like the human brain is just always looking for what's wrong. Yeah. And it's a way of trying to get certainty in a world that's completely uncertain. Mm, And that's just like the ego brain's reaction to uncertainty is like, okay, things are uncertain. How do I make sure that everything is perfectly aligned at all times? And I'm always peaceful. Just be perfect. (laughs) Okay. How am I not perfect right now? Okay. You're too ugly. You're too this, that, right. Everything else. Yes. I think that's totally how I feel. Yeah. And relationships are especially one of those things that make us feel extremely uncertain because they are uncertain. Right. It's not secure. Well, yeah, that's really helpful. Awesome. All right. Do you have any other questions before we end this episode? (laughs) (laughs) Um, What's been the best dating advice you've gotten? Like what helps you keep a level head in your relationships? Mm. Oh, dang. (laughs) (laughs) The big one. I was not prepared. (laughs) (laughs) Not to Um, make an interview. Yeah, I think probably from Dr. Burns, his other book, which was called Intimate Connections. Uh And that's like a dating book from, I think it was published in 1980, but I love that book. It's still super relevant today. And I don't remember the exact quote, but he said, it's easy to be confident when everything's going your way. Mm. But when the chips are down or I don't know if that was the expression, but when things aren't going your way, you have the greatest opportunity to love and support yourself. Oh, wow. That's really powerful. Yeah. Yeah. And I feel like that was the most powerful because it kind of goes against the usual quest for perfection. Right. And desire for things to always go your way and appreciating when things are challenging. I think that's great because you can get stuck in a rut of being like, things aren't going well and then spiral downwards otherwise. Yeah. Versus like, what's the opportunity here? What's the lesson? How can I practice loving myself even in the face of rejection or challenge or heartbreak? Right. Like that's hard. Like confidence when things are going well is not confidence. (laughs) That's just things are going well. So you feel good. (laughs) That's really good advice. Yeah. 